The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, BronxPinstripes.com proudly brings to you the most exciting Yankees podcast in the world, George's Box. Welcome to George's Box. I'm JJ, he's Nick, and it's a good day to be a Yankee fan. The Nick I'm talking about is Nick Kirby. He's excited. I'm excited. Why are we excited? Because the Astros are getting ready to get dealt the smackdown. And it turns out that that scumbag, scumbag Alex Cora, went from Houston, went to Boston, and brought his same cheating tendencies with him. 2017 is tainted, 2018 is tainted. I'm waiting to find out how 2019 was tainted, but all I know is for Yankee fans, and everyone wants to say, don't worry, the Yankees are going to be looped it, lumped in with it too. If they lump us in with it at some point down the line, I'll eat crow. But for right now, we all feel vindicated. 2017 was a joke and a crime. 2018 was a joke and a crime, and 2020 is our year. It's the year where we get number 28. I'm fired up. Nick's fired up. Nick, how's it going, my man? I'm pumped, man. We got Garrett Cole here recording today. It's always a great week to be a Yankee fan. We're 79 days away from Cole taking the mound in beautiful Camden Yards. Nothing to do but smile. Camden Yards is nice. It's beautiful. I like Camden Yards. We should probably figure out do you already have tickets? I'm going opening day. I don't have them yet, but I'm going to be there. I was at CeCe's first start, 2009, at Camden Yards, and he got he got lit up, um, but it won't be like that this time. I got to see Cole's first start. All right, I'll put in PTO, and we'll drive down together. Absolutely. And the reason we could do that is because we're in person. You're another Philadelphia Yankee fan. Yes. You're from the Philly area? Yeah. Where are you from? So I'm from Lafayette Hill. Unless, Montgomery County. I'm going to be honest. Yeah. I've lived in Philly... On and off. Like, I was just in New York for a bunch of years, but I went to college here. I've lived all over Center City. I live in Fishtown. Honestly, if you don't say, like, an intersection of the city, I don't, I don't even know why I ask because I don't know. Like, you said a, a city, then a county, and I don't know any of it's that. It's a generic suburb. It is the most generic suburb there is out of Philly, I would say. So, you're born and raised here. Born and raised here. 
How do you end up being a Yankee fan? And please don't tell me it was like 96, like you, you switched cigarettes. So I've been asked this question probably more than any question in my life. Um, the story is my dad is from Long Island. Um, I grew up, was born in 92. Is your dad Jewish? No, he was oh, one of the five people from yeah. Roslyn that aren't Jewish, actually. <laughs> um, and, but my mom is actually Jewish. My dad's Catholic. We didn't really have a religion. The Yankees kind of were my religion growing up. So for a lot of people, I think sports is about geography. I'm from Philly, I'll root for the Phillies. I'm from Baltimore, I'll root for the Orioles. For me, sports wasn't about geography, it was about family, and the Yankees were kind of my family activity, and, and still living it to this day, for sure. You sound like every Italian from the Bronx. Like, <laughs> it's about family right now. It's about... So you're just born, like, you're out of, the, out of the, your mom, like, boom, Yankee fan. Yeah, my shots. dad was putting me in stuff, and obviously the team was so good. I mean, growing up with Jeter and Mo, how could you not? Because how old are you? When were you board? born? I was born in 92. Oh, geez, you're a baby. So I kind of came. So the first championship that I remember was 2000. Okay. So I caught kind of the tail end of that, you know, cried myself to death in 2001, had through that, and then I was in high school in 09, so kind of got to see it all. Nice. Yeah. High school? Yeah, I mean, high school, I got some championships in high school. I got, Dude, I was in Philly in 09 playing the Phillies. I was here. That that was... I was here. So I actually graduated college in 08, moved back to New York, missed that World Series, moved back here in 09, caught that World Series, where we had the first BP crew event in Philly, Fox and Hound. I got into like a fist fight during the World Series. I was... So Fox and Hound, I think it's like a chain. Yeah, they have yeah, them all yeah. over. They have one here in Philly, and... This girl I worked with, I lived on 17th Street. This girl I worked with knocked on my door um, out of nowhere. Like, she was going to the game. She knocked on my door and was like, I was going to a game with this guy on a date, and uh, he, we got there, and his tickets were fake. Like, this was before, like, StubHub right, and everything. Right, stock tickets. Yeah. yeah, and, like, the tickets were fake, so I fucking left him. And I knew you'd be watching the game, so I came here. And I was just like, yo, am I about to, like beat the Phillies and beat these cheeks. I did not. But she was like, let's go to the bar. And I was like, probably not a great idea for me. But all right, let's do it. So I throw on my Jeter jersey and we go to Fox and Hound and we're just sitting there at a table, like at a high top table. And I don't remember which game it is. And I know the people who are like uh, psychos about this will be mad at me. But there was one game where we got like blown out. Like it wasn't like even game close. one. We got Cliff Lee shoved against Maybe us. it was game one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm just there. We're losing. So yeah. I'm not talking shit or anything. And it's like a weeknight. I'm not drunk. And all of a sudden, I get hit with a spitball Ugh. in the side of the head. And I go over. I see it's a table of guys and girls. And I go over to the guy. I go, ah, listen. It's cute. I get it. I'm wearing the juice stuff. But I'm here. I'm being respectful. I played it up like I was on a date. Like, she's a Philly fan. Like, I'm being a nice guy here. I'm asking you, you know, if this could be the end of it. Oh, all right, all right. So I'm sitting there. A minute later, I get hit in the shoulder with a spitball. I walk back over, and I go to the guy. I go, hey, listen, I get it. It's cute. And now I'm a little more firm. I'm just trying to have a nice time here. I'm not trying to be an asshole. I'd appreciate if you would do the same. And his buddy steps in and is like, yeah, yeah, no, no, like, sorry about that. Boom. I sit down again. And I get hit in the head again with a spitball. I now get up and I'm going at this guy. And he stands up from, he's at like a high top chair, stands up and is like, oh, what? I got under his armpits 
Like it was a tackling drill. Right, like football practice. Yeah. And put him through one of the booth tables, like against the wall. Like those aren't bolted to the wall. Put him into it, appetizer sampler everywhere. So I'm also bracing because I'm about to just get fucking pummeled, of right. course. So I like do it and I'm like just like shoulders up ready and like the hits just don't come. I turn around and there was, do you know where McFadden's used to be on third? Yeah, yeah. There's a bar next to it. I forget what it was called, then it was like cowboy theme. They okay. had like a mechanical bull. Yeah. I turn around and there's like six dudes with this guy, all this guy's friends in chokeholds. And I'm like, what the fuck? And they go, hey, yeah, we're all the bouncers at whatever this place is called. Buckaloos or some shit like that. Uh, we're all Yankee fans. We've been watching the whole thing. You fuck got these lucky, guys. man. Wow. But I wasn't going to get punked out in front of some chick. Right, right. Saved you. Those guys saved you. Yeah, saved me. And then that February, I had a birthday, like an open bar schedule at McFadden's. And like me and my crew showed up and there was a line like down the block. It was slammed. And... I was like, hey, yeah, I got the like open bar set up. And they were like, yeah, you guys got to wait in line. My birthday's in February. It's fucking cold. Right. Got girls awful. in short yeah. skirts, you know, because they're 24. Yeah. yeah. It's brutal. So I go next door and I had the guy's car. And I go, hey, is this guy here? And they were like, yeah. They were like, yeah, we remember you. Set me up with an open bar like on the spot. Four months later. Saved my birthday. Yeah. That's the thing. You said you were being nice. You were being respectful. That doesn't matter in Philly. If you're wearing the wrong, if you're wearing this hat, this shirt, it doesn't matter. You could be a choir boy. They yeah. Don't, they don't care. Doesn't matter at all. So for you, I mean, you're in high school at that time. Yeah. That's just got to be, and we're going to get into it, but I know how you are as a fan. <laughs> you, high school in Philly, I imagine there's a lot of shit talk going on. Yeah, I was a savage and I kind of brought it a little bit on myself. You know, I was always wearing the Jeter jerseys and I'd wear the fitted hat um, into school. But, I, you know, Cliff Lee shoved us, shoved us in game one. And I just, you know, I remember uh, Jorge made the last out. And I just looked at my dad. I was like, Dad, I can't go to school tomorrow. Like, I, I cannot go. And I, you know, I talked all that shit all year because I knew we were going to win the World Series. But Cliff Lee just dominated us. And I just didn't go to school the next day. Um, he let yeah. you stay home. Yeah, he did. He That's did. fucking sick. Way yeah. to go, Mr. Curry. Yeah, yeah. I faked, faked a cold. Uh, kind of a classic move. Did you have to fake the cold for mom like dad knew? You know, my mom actually worked and my dad was working from home. So she had, you know, game ended late by the time I woke up. So the timing actually worked out. But I remember thinking, like, if we lose this World Series, I'm going to have to move. Like, I'm going to have to do senior year of high school somewhere else. Because it would have been like a pack of hyenas. Like a prep school kid. Yeah, like, seriously. I would have went, went anywhere. My friends, were, they, were ready to, they were ready to give it to me. Luckily, it didn't, didn't come to that. But. So I referenced you as a fan. So I have to ask, like, so you're smaller in stature. Sure, yeah. How tall are you? Uh, about a shade under 5'5". Five five. How much do you weigh? About 150. At a Yankee game, yes. you are 6'5", 285 pounds of psycho. I, we went to, so we went to a couple games this year, like BP crew, and they kind of put like the staff in like different areas, so we're socializing with different people. For game two of the ALDS, you were seated behind me, and I didn't realize you were behind me. And I just hear someone fucking screaming like a psycho. Like your voice changes to like a substitute teacher who smokes a pack a day. Like you, I was like, who the fuck is behind me? This guy's probably a beast. And I turn around and it's you and you look like a little like Kool-Aid man. Like you're so red from screaming. Oh, yeah. Now I get fired up for games. I get you're at a different level of crazy. 
Where does that come from? It, it's emotional adrenaline. It, it's really just emotional for me. Like there'll be days where I'm walking to work um, and I'm listening to music and it just reminds me of like a moment at the stadium and I, and I start to get excited. Like stab a homeless guy? Basically, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Especially, you know, around here. But I mean, that, in that game that you referenced, obviously Didi hits the grand slam right over our section. We're going up 2 nothing in the, in the ALDS and sometimes it just Dude, I mean, I'm talking me. about the second out of the game, not... <laughs> Not the grand slam in the seventh inning or whatever. Just being, it's just being in that place, man. It's a magical place. It just, it makes me feel a way that no, that nothing else does. Does your like throat hurt after that? Yes, uh, for yeah. like days on the way back, like on the trains home. So I've had so many, you know, the you know those drunk train rides home, Penn Station to Trenton, and then you got to Uber from Trenton. Like I'm just in La La Land, like listening to music, watching highlights of the game, and my voice, like I can't, I can't talk anymore. I think the first time we went to a game together, me and my wife drove you up. We were going up and back. For yeah, yeah, yeah. I was Astros game Saturday yes. night. And you were, we. I forget, like, Gary, I think Gary was sitting. Like, the lineup came out. You're like, the lineup's out. And I'm like, all right, man, I'm driving over the GW. The lineup's out. Gary's sitting. Da, da, da. And I was like, Romine's going to go deep anyway. And then he did. And you went nuts. And then you were in the backseat of our car on the way back, like a drunken chihuahua for like the first six exits of the turnpike. And then you were out. My wife was just like, is he asleep? And I was like, I think he just, it was like mid-sentence. You're just, your energy, however much energy you had, had was just gone. It's then. full speed and pass out. Yeah. It, it's go as hard as you can. And then it's just done. And then it's, it's out. I got nothing left. I, that is all emotional. It's all emotional energy. And once it's done, it, it's done. Do you drink like that, like regularly? Like, like I'm hosting a drinking event next Friday. You're coming to. I am coming, and it's like an all day. You're gonna come in the afternoon. I I think you're gonna show up earlier we'll than see, you think we'll you see, are. We'll see. It's an all day drinking event, sure. and I just see you like running through. Like, cause this is a great time. You're just gonna get caught up in the emotions. So I'm sure your event's gonna be fun, and I'm excited. And I'm sure you put on a great time, but nothing. Nothing hits that spark. Like you're talking about a playoff game at Yankee Stadium, man. That's a it's a special time. I wait all year for that. You know, April, May, spring training. You know how we go through that grind. Once I get to October, it's 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 let's go. So you also have um, you have a se- you have a season ticket package living here yes. that you can't even go to most of the games just so you can get playoff tickets. Correct. So I have a nine game plan. They're all like the shitty games. They're all like you know Wednesday one o'clock against the Orioles that nobody wants to go to. And I actually donate those tickets. Um, to either, you know, through the Yankees, you can donate to either tickets for kids or kids in seats, a couple of, a couple of solid charities there. Um, and I just donate the tickets and then I'm obviously on the playoff list. So world series, ALCS, you know, if we, if Bronx pinstripes isn't doing an event, I know I still have a spot. Um, and I just, I sleep better at night knowing I'm a, I am a season ticket licensee for sure. And you and your old man go to games too. Yeah. I go a lot with my dad. I take my girlfriend, uh, Jamie, who's, who's awesome. She watches probably 140 games a year with me. Um, so I go with her friends, whoever wants to go. I mean, I'll go with anybody. Shout out to Jamie. Yes. I like Jamie a lot. She's awesome. She came up to me in Billy's when I was filming the first Billy stadium meets that I sent to Scott and he was like drunk and screaming is not our brand. And I was like, ah, maybe it is. And she came up to me and I'm mic'd up, like getting ready to do it. And she's like, Hey, do you remember me? I'm Nick's girlfriend. And I was like, yeah, I remember you. Hold on one second. And I'm like, I'm here in Billy's, like just turned screaming. I was like, oh, she's going to think I'm a psychopath. And then I got to know you better. And I was like, oh, she, I don't know. She might fall in love with me from yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> she might be like, oh, you're my type. Just crazy Yankee fan. Um, so 
when did you join Bronx Pinstripes? So I my first season was beginning of the 2018 season. So this will be my third season. And yeah, just saw, you know, they tweeted out they had an opening. Um, I had done some guest pieces for Chad Jennings when he was with Lohud, the Lohud Yankees blog. Nice. And I just submitted those to Scott. He called me. We talked. And then, yeah, it's been fun ever since. That's awesome. I just kind of like stumbled into it, being an idiot on the internet. Um, it does make you feel better though. Cause it's other people like us that live and die with this stuff. And this is, you know, this is kind of like you, we joke, it's is. the only thing we care about. It kind of is. It's kind of <laughs> better that we have, like, we have this chat that it, there are times where, especially the nerds, you're like half nerd. Half. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. A, I'm a, I'm a, I pride myself on that being half and half. Yeah. Yeah. You're not all the way nerd. Like I'm an eye test guy. Yeah. And there are times when they're just going to stuff and I'm like, I'm so glad you're not talking to anyone else about this. Like no one oh else. God, like, yeah. it's gotta be Frank's the worst. Frank's like the expected exit VLO was 615. I'm like, dude, it was an out. Like, that's sorry, the thing. Bro. Like, that's the yeah, thing. Yeah. When we were, uh, for like, when we're playing the Astros. They were like, you know, the ball that oh, yeah, Reddit caught at the wall. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. he's just like, well, the, the expected, uh, hit batting average on that is 697. I was like, Oh, well, there was an out. Dude, it's the fifth inning of game three. Like, that shit doesn't matter at that <laughs> yeah, point. Give a fuck. Yeah, well, I'm expecting that was an out. So, you cover... You've shifted more in the offseason into yeah. covering um, just kind of, like, things that pop up. Yep. Like, jumping on top of shit mm-hmm. for us, which is awesome. But, like, what is your sweet spot of the stuff that you write? I, I think... Well, how I, would you describe it? So, I would describe it as kind of... I think I can take an idea... And, and just give sound opinion with it, both with the eye test and, and with some numbers. Uh, like I did the piece today about how I think we should trade for Arenado. And it's not, it's probably not going to happen, but I think I'm able to give reasonable logic behind things that, that could happen, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I would say that's a good description for. And just for defending what you do. Gary Sanchez because I feel like you that's are, my life's work. You, why are you such a. Like, I don't, it's not that I hate Gary yeah. Sanchez, but like you are. Like, I'm kind of like that for A-Rod. Like, to me, A-Rod is, he put poison in his body yeah. to win us a World Series. Oh, yeah. Why Gary Sanchez for you? Why, like, because, I mean, after this playoffs that he just had, it's very easy to oh, hop yeah. off no, the he, Gary he, Sanchez yeah, he, ship. He, he fell off for sure in the playoffs. But, like, he just gets so much hate, and he's so unique for what he does. I mean, he is the only catcher hitting the ball 500 feet. He's the only catcher hitting 30 bombs a year. And people just crying about a pass ball here. He didn't jog. To, he jogged to first base one time. Like I don't care if he doesn't jog. To, if he doesn't sprint to first base, and he's just so good. The other thing is, I know you're a big Jorge guy. Jorge used to have a lot of pass balls. No, my wife Jorge. is a Jorge okay, guy. Okay, your wife's Jorge. But Jorge had his issues in these. You know, you got these older guys like back in Jorge's day. I watched Jorge make a lot of mistakes, and he never got the criticism that Gary. Did. I just think in general, like catchers just really aren't that good. Like, it's hard. So, like, for Gary Sanchez, like, offensively, yes, he's so good that I, I agree it makes up for any of the defensive yeah. stuff. Um, it's tough because also you've got Tanaka throwing splitters. Chapman like, throwing 104. Yeah, it's not the easiest, like, it's not the easiest. You're not catching Maddox throwing 92 and, like, where On you the put corner. the glove, yeah. it'll be right there. Um, so, when you look at the team, and obviously Gary Sanchez is staying, yeah. We've made some moves in the offseason. We have, and, you know, I, I talked about it last week, but I like to get everyone's opinion. We got, you know, Hicks again, Tommy John. We extended Chapman. Edwin's gone. Romine's gone. Didi's gone. We got Cole. We're keeping Gardner. Dellen's gone. Like, where do you, how's that, ma- what do you think of the offseason so far? How's it make you feel? So we, we had one job to do, and we did it. I was 
couldn't be more on in on, on Garrett Cole. So there's three free agents that I've wanted with all my heart in my life. CC Sabathia, Cliff Lee, and then Garrett Cole. Obviously, you know, we go two for three. The only guy of the guys we let go that I really thought we should keep was Batances. You know, he was the best reliever in the league from 14 to 18. I know he was hurt. You know, Didi's a shortstop turning 30. I was cool with letting him go. Romine is kind of a non-factor. Um, Dellen was the guy I really thought we should have kept. I think it would have been nice to keep him. Like, it's not, like, I'm not, uh, I'm not upset with the team. You know, it's like, ah, that would have been nice to keep him. I think it would have been a good story. Yeah. Guy who was a Yankees fan. I talked about last week his uh, Instagram post of, like, grew up in Manhattan, went to high school in Brooklyn, minor leagues in Staten Island, big leagues in the Bronx. We get it, dude. You like, love New York. Yeah. We get it, dude. You didn't want to pack up your fucking family. Right. And you wanted to grow a little facial hair. Which is fair. Like, I totally get yeah, that. Yeah. But, like, you wanted to come home. You know, and I, it would have been nice to get him, but I think one of the things I like about you is you're kind of like you're rational about these, you know, about like what the team can do. Because my whole thing is always like you can't, you don't become the biggest business in sports by being stupid about money. So like, you know, like Arenado, for an example, yeah. you wrote something today about mm-hmm. Arenado. Um, if you haven't read it, We'll tweet it out from George's box. Like, you know, you, we're recording on Tuesday. We're, we'll tweet it out again on Wednesday. But, like, what is your – you want Arenado, but you understand that it's not like we need Arenado. Right. I know it's not likely. I, the thing that bothers me is when people say we don't need X. You know, we don't need Manny Machado. Look, we didn't need Giancarlo Stanton either. We didn't have a hole in right field. I kind of felt like I needed him. Well, of course, but uh, you know, the, the point is Cashman goes for value. He doesn't, he doesn't really look at fit. He looks at how can I make the team better. And Nolan Arenado, if we did get him, he'd be the best player on the Yankees. You can make the argument he's the second best player behind Mike Trout. You slot him in at third base. He, he's the perfect. He's won the gold glove every year he's been in the league. He owns a pretty great slash line, too. He hits for power, average. I mean, what's not to love? And if they're shopping him, you got to listen. Think about Cashman's relationship with the Rockies, all the guys we brought over from there. I think it makes some sense. All right, so if we want Arenado, yep. what do we have to give up for? So this is the kind of the part I suck at, you know, the whole thing your trade proposal sucks. I think you have to at least, at a minimum, it's Devi and Duhar and Clint, and then you got to go from there. They might even ask for an established piece, which, I mean, I think you got to think about it. He's 28, and he's arguably the second-best player in baseball. Do you, throw a, do you throw a guy like Gary in there? And I'm the biggest Gary guy there is, but you got to at least think about it, no? Yeah, I mean, I think I would have liked if it was earlier in the offseason. Okay. You know, so, like, maybe you can look at other, like, getting other catchers. Because if we could have kept Romine, right, if we get right. rid of Gary and keep Romine, but we're getting Arenado. And you might hear some crackling in the background. My wife's making dinner. We're having chicken cacciatore. I didn't even know what that okay. was. Um it's Italian. Um, I think if you can get Arenado, and like, it, and it costs you Andujar. To me, right now, Andujar is it's great. Like he'll be our DH to start the season, but like he's an extra piece because you can slide Mike Ford into that DH yeah. spot. And I know it's not exactly the same, but if you get a guy like an Arenado, I'm totally open to it. Um, I mean, I. The saying like Clint, I think there's just like nothing to that because yeah, he'd, no... be, he'd be a way secondary. Yeah, piece, to them, obviously. I think right now I was gonna write a blog on it, but I worried it'd be too political. I was gonna write a blog called 
which Yankees are draft eligible for World War III. Oh, man, you got it. And I, do it. I think that that's like Brian Cashman's hoping, like, best case situation is. I think Clint's, like, the only draft eligible one. I don't think, like, I don't think Glaber has to register for right, selective right, service. Right. I was going through and I was like, I, I think this is just how Cashman gets rid of Clint. Because you got to be 18 is, to 25. And the, yeah, 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 okay. And, like, a U.S. citizen right. or, like, it, it under certain status. Yeah, it might just be Yeah, Clint. so I think. I think that's what Cashman's probably going for. It's just like, bomb Iran. This way I don't have to make a decision on Scranton or trading him for nothing. Um, but, I mean, I think we're along the same lines of the idea that... I mean, look at that lineup. Uh, so your lineup would be LeMahieu, Judge, Arenado, Stanton, Glaber, Gary, Voigt, Talkman, Gardner. Until Hicks gets back, yeah. But... Yeah, I mean, I don't see... You've got... Someone's got to go out of that. Like, I think it'd have to be like a Sanchez. I think Gary would have to go. The other thing is Arenado's played at least 155 games in every season since 2015. We are a team, as much as we don't admit it internally, it's a bunch of injury-prone stars. You know, our yeah. core is pretty injury-prone. He He's on the field every day. He's got a great reputation as, as kind of a workhorse and a grinder, pretty respected around the league. He, he's kind of like the perfect player. So my point is you, you at least have to engage on that. No matter what you think you have, no matter how good we think the team is, we're making our parade plans. You can never have too much talent. I'm with you. I mean, no one is making more parade plans than me. I think that's like a, you know. I mean, you're I'm, the Yankees parade planner. It's what I do. It's really, it's what I look forward to the most is just slamming Jameson and Bud Lights. That's one, like, I'm not driving you up, but we're going to have to take the oh parade. Oh, my God. We'll Nobody's driving. We're, we'll Uber home yeah, okay. from the Canyon that's of fair. Heroes. I think that's a good 150 one. bucks each on the Uber split. Yeah. You know what? <laughs> it's worth it to be at the parade. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I don't know. Do you think the Yankees are done for the offseason? Um, you know what? It, it's tough. I think they're going to try and trade Jay Happ. I really think they want to get under that 248. They're sitting around 260. Happ makes $17 million. He also sucks. So That's I, the I, thing. Like, we, I'm fine trading him. Everyone's like, just like, they're going to trade Happ. And it's like, to where? If you can get a team, to, like, well, I think, what was it, uh, Frank and Andrew said in their plan, you know, the Padres, he's a fly ball pitcher. You got to find a team in the NL with a big ballpark, an NL West team, because with the juiced ball in Yankee Stadium and Jay Happ, it, it just doesn't work. I think, I mean, how many bombs did he let up? I think the biggest issue is that with Twitter, if you're an opposing GM, and I said this last week, you just put his name in, and you're just like, oh, everyone hates this guy. Yeah, it's even me. He's the only Yankee that I, that I don't like. I, I can't stand Jay Happ. He brings nothing to the table, man. I, I think it was just like, oh, you know, he's around. Like, he got this deal. It's like $17 million. When you look at it, I remember not being, like, outraged by it. I was like, I don't think that's a great deal. But then you're, now you're looking, and you're like, fuck, $17 million and you stink. He's that guy that, like, if you really want to drink with somebody – and none of your friends are around, and you're like, oh, this guy's okay. He'll go to the bar. He'll sit with me. At the... Like, he's that. He's but, just the average Joe who's around. But now it's like you've got to – it's the guy you go to the bar with that you don't really want to, but you have to pay for his drinks, and he only drinks Patron. Right, yeah. He's making That's, $17 million. That's a big, big problem. What a – oh, man. So, yeah, I'd like to trade him, but no, I think – I don't think they want to, you know, beef up the payroll anymore – uh, people are talking about infield depth. I think they seem comfortable with Wade and Estrada kind of backing up the middle infield there. We'll see how that goes. I I think the front office is managing it the way that I am, like, internally. of just like, last year can't happen again. Like, it just can't. 
statistically, it cannot be as bad as it was. And if Tyler Wade's our backup, you know, Tyler Wade's our backup. But, like, I also, you never know what Cashman's going to do. Cashman may, like, he got Talkman. Right. You day know. before day before pitchers and catchers broke for, for yeah. New York. Yeah, yeah. Or like there may be some veteran who's out there, you know, who like an infield Cameron Maben. Right. You or know? some guy we've never even heard of. Yeah. Who knew who Gio Urshela was? Exactly. So I'm not too worried about the infield depth just being Wade. I know like your whole thing is like we're a hamstring away from Tyler Wade as an everyday starter. I I think there's enough time where it's like we're not we're obviously not going out there to get some stuff like some all star yeah. to yeah, Lindor's not walking through that door. Yeah. <laughs> Especially not to be our backup in Right, right. But I I trust Cashman to find that value. Cause like who knows? There may be a rookie who, you know, does something somewhere else and some veteran finds himself on the street that maybe was underperforming in spring training, but we found something. We see something in him. And Cashman's done that. They also might like Tyler Wade. I'm kind of a closet Tyler Wade fan. When I played high school baseball and stuff, I was kind of a you know small little speedster, beat out a lot of infield hits and stuff. He hit okay in September. He hit around 280 in September. If he can just hit 250 with his speed and, and plus defense, he can be an asset. He just can't be as shitty as he's been at the plate. Um, if he can just hit at an average level, he'd be a plus player. Just absolutely lost at the plate. And it started so... We went to, I went to spring training last year. It was my first, like, yep. Bronx pinstripes thing. And that's where I met Frank Marco. Um, and he was, I forget what he said. He said something about Tyler Wade. And I was just like, I'm just going to get under this guy's skin for forever. <laughs> forever. He's getting married on December 12th. And I want him, I think every day he wakes up wondering, what is JJ going to do at my wedding? And he should. Because I'm, May fuck with him, or I may not. Sleep with one eye open, type of thing. Yeah, or I'm just gaslighting him. You know, like whatever. And he said something about Tyler Wade, and I was like, Tyler Dean Wade is going Oppo Taco tomorrow. It's just a spring training game that I don't give a shit about. And he was sleeping, and I woke him up to Tyler Wade's only home run at the time, like just blasting in the house. So I've been a Tyler Wade supporter because Frank doesn't like. Frank does hate him. That's right. Yeah. Uh, And speaking of spring training, you're coming this year. I'm coming March twelfth. We're in. Spring training is going to be... I haven't booked my flight yet. I might just book the same flight as you. I might book a flight earlier. I get, like, antsy. Yeah, I think I have, like, a 6 p.m. on Thursday. Yeah, yeah. I might get the 3 just because, like, I want to get down Fiend there. Fiend in. I feel it. Yeah, I feel you. You know. Fiend in to get down there. Just too. like, I want to get down there. We, um... I can't... I don't know that I could say who yet. I asked Scott if I can. And you didn't know about this yet. But we have a sponsor. Our house is sponsored. Our content sponsored. Big thanks for Bronx Pinstripes. It's going to be awesome. We are very excited. It's a, a sponsor. I know you know who it is because we've talked about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. But signed, sealed, delivered. Once we um, we just have to do some internal like housekeeping, we're excited to announce it. This shit is going to be a blast. If you're coming to our spring training event, if you're coming to spring training weekend, there is going to be ample opportunity to get tanked before the game during the game after the game i think we're at like 180 200 people coming to this event it's gonna be sick it's, it's gonna be so much fun and we have a great house too with a pool uh the house is sick and if you're somebody that's that's you know m- might be riding solo and you're you know you're thinking about just coming alone 
definitely do it. I'm somebody that I, you know, I'd be a little nervous to, to kind of come alone, but once you get there, once you start talking to people, you'll have a great time. It's just a bunch of people that you know, love to watch the Yankees and like to drink and, and have a good time. I, you know, if you're, if you're considering it, definitely make the move. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know that we have any tickets left to like our event, but if you're down there that weekend, oh, yeah, just like, stop by. Just, yeah, follow us. Cause we're going to go, we're going Friday night too. Yeah. 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 So we're going to go. It, it's perfect. It's, I think it's good spring training for us because it's we're we're like catchers in terms of when we have especially when you travel to the stadium like we do. The Friday night game into the Saturday one o'clock start is just like such a quick turn. I just I feel like Mike Piazza's knees. I'm just like beat up after years. It's brutal. It's, it's rough, but it's a like Friday six o'clock game. Yeah, yeah. I think it's like the Tigers, and then one o'clock Phillies. And our event is all you can drink. And then we both have like, it's like an 8.30 flight 8.30, yeah. That could be morning. an all-nighter situation. Yeah, we're going to have to get know. high. Um, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a rough one. Um, and spring training night games at Steinbrenner Field are pretty rare. I'm, I'm excited we're getting to, a lot of, most of them are at 1 o'clock. I'm exci- I've never been to a Because those guys want to go play golf. Right, right. I've been to one other spring training night game, and I feel like it was like Friday night. It's probably they probably only do one a week. I've only been to, to one o'clock, so I'm excited. I you know I get pretty sunburned, obviously. So <laughs> nice that nice to have a night game in there. Yeah, it's nice to have a nice a night game because also we're adjusting to that Florida heat from this. Yes, cold. yes. Like last year, we all got the first game we went to. We went to a Friday day game, and it was like they had misters out. Like it was rough. Oh, you get shredded. It yes. was rough, and we were yeah we were drinking. It was a wild time. Um, so. Infield depth, I could see them doing something. I could also see them going after like a like still going after Josh Hader. I could see that deal getting done somehow. Just another bullpen arm because I think no matter how much bullpen you have, uh, regardless of like last year's injuries, but like any year, you have some of these guys. When you have one guy go down, it's very much a domino effect. You have a main guy go down like a Dellen, like we had last year, then everyone else has to do a little bit more. And now Zach Britton, you know, he needs a week. Or, you know, all these guys need a little bit of time. Or they're overcompensating for being a little fatigued. And it's a groin. So I could see them being like, let's just go get another stud. Let's make this bullpen the bullpen that we always talk about. And let's just be, let's be good to go. Yeah, I would love Josh Hader. It feels right now, it definitely feels like the uh, Brewers are asking for a little too much. But you saw it in the ALCS. I mean, we had the best bullpen in the majors by far. You know, we had four horses and they were gassed all of them chapman was gassed britain was gassed otto just sucked and green was gassed too so you, you can never have enough um you know one of the reasons like i said i wanted to bring Dellen back well i think green it's not even so much being gassed it's the idea that when you get to game six like he's already thrown i think it was like 63 pitches they've seen him three times yeah. yeah you know that's your it's just impossible for him to be in a winning position there um we have made and part of the reason why I think we, we still need to do some some stuff is because we don't know. One, like the opener could still come into play again. Yep. Because the rotation is a little, you know, we've moved Tanaka from the ace to essentially like the four it's now. crazy. If man. everyone stays crazy. healthy. But we've lost Herman. Yep. For 63 games this season. Yep. 81 overall. Um. And you were mentioning before we started recording that you really support him hitting his girlfriend. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> um, no, I mean, it's a bad, it's a bad situation. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's bad for everyone. Um, 
I, I, you know, I talked about it a little bit when it first happened last season, but I'm, I believe in second chances. When you have like, uh, who was the guy in Chicago with the Cubs who just smacked around his girlfriend? Uh, Addison Russell. Yes. There was like, um, it was a habit almost. Like he, she said like he did it all the time. Yeah. You're a piece of shit. Right. Domingo Herman may be a piece of shit. Yeah. He may have just done this one time. He may have, all of a sudden, you've got 18 wins. You're at CeCe's event. He can't drink. You're drinking for him. You know, you, uh, and like you do something stupid. If you do something stupid one time, I can forgive you. If it came out that he did it multiple times, and like we don't have a police report and, and stuff like that, so it's tough. But it, there's no excuse to ever do it, but people do make mistakes is kind of the way I look at it. Hopefully he, you know, he missed celebrating with his teammates. He missed the playoffs. Like this was going to be his time to shine. He was going to set himself up. He could have set himself up to make a lot of money down the line. And not only did it cost himself that, but like reputation wise. But I think when it gets to June, I think the fans are going to welcome him back, especially if he does off the field stuff. I mean, you kind of look at Araldis Chapman. I mean, you know, he had the domestic violence thing. The Yankees actually used that as leverage to acquire him. They signed him again as a free agent. Then they extended him. You know, everybody kind of cheers for him. And, you know, if you're somebody that says, yeah, I'm not going to watch, I'm not going to go to the games because the Yankees employ, you know, these guys, you know, that's fine. But the Yankees are not going to, they're not going to cut loose with Herman. He's 27. He's cheap. He's really good. He's got good stuff. They're going to keep him, and I do think they are going to work to obviously try and get him right. Chapman hasn't had any incidents, obviously, that we know of um, since his incident. And, um, yeah, I think the Yankees are going to you know, get him into therapy and, and try and get him right for sure. Yeah, I think he's been doing some therapy and stuff. I think I heard something about, like, you know, as a couple and are not together, that doesn't really matter. But mm -hmm. the idea that, like, it, like, his life should be over, his career should be over. Like, what's it's a he, little harsh, yeah, I, I think, yeah. You know? If he does it again, like, yeah, he should be out of baseball. Right. Because there is the element, regardless of, like, you know, these guys are role models. There were definitely kids who were looking up to, like, this guy who came out of nowhere. Yeah. And it's it's an example of, like, you before this, of, like, look at that. Hard work pays off. No matter how hard, you know, things aren't working out, you stick to it. You find another way. And then, like, boom, you win 18 games. And then, you know, he did something stupid. So hopefully it's a learning lesson. But, you know, he's coming back. He, he comes back, actually, on Scott's birthday. It's like early June, right? And it's yeah. like June 5th. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He comes yep. back. Mm -hmm. It's Scott's 47th birthday. <laughs> so, um, Scott, that's what Scott asked for. He was like, I hope. He called Manford. It was like, I hope. Get her ma. That's a good birthday. Get him back for my birthday. And you got to think about his role. If Montgomery is kind of settled into that five spot, and we just talked about the bullpen possibly being depleted, do they use Herman as a long man? Yeah. I mean, that's you, you want to have those options. But, like, you know, that's also saying that come the beginning of June, everyone's healthy. Who knows who's going to have an elbow. Yeah, or, everyone's yeah. healthy or, yeah. you know, whatever it is. Who's going to have an elbow? Cole's having a kid. He's going to need a couple days. Right, yeah, like, he'll need a week. Herman's going to step in and take that spot. That would be, ugh. That would just be a rough narrative. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Oh. And you know there's going to be people giving Cole shit about, you know, pushing a start back two days to watch his, his kid get born. I think we're going to be up, like, eight games in the division. Oh, yeah, hopefully you know? more. So it'll be tough. So I didn't really I didn't talk about it last week uh, because I was trying to save some stuff. I can't and I have this whole dog thing as you can probably hear in the background. I'm filthy with dogs in this house. I got to take their collars off when I record. But um, 
The Astros, huh? They did a thing. <laughs> That's what we call doing a thing. When that new... Like, so, I wrote an article, and we talked about it because we drive back and forth to the playoffs. Yeah. That, like, I, I was a defender that, like, they're not breaking the rules. They're just stealing signs. Okay. But this is before, before the crash this came. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was the same. You're still defending them, man. No, no. The I was saying, like, <laughs> no, they're just, they yeah. are very, you know, they are a pain in the yeah. ass. They're looking for every tendency, every sign they can get, every, you know, and they're relaying it, and that's fine. Yeah. And you see Bregman, you know, he walks, he's covering his mouth to let everyone know, you know, like, whatever he sees. Now they're blatant about it. Which, but that's fine. That's totally fine to do. What they did is insane. And I don't think it's like, just because it, like, what do you, everyone in that league, everyone switches teams like every 12 minutes. Yeah, that's what I'm, like, how did you think you weren't going to get caught? And, you know, what what Carlos Correa said is, you know, we were a team, we were a brotherhood kind of implying that, you know, he's basically a snitch, which he kind of is. But to think that everybody was going to keep quiet forever was really stupid. Like, that's the thing. Eventually, someone's just going to be like, you know what? I don't like you guys. Somebody's going to be bitter, right? Yeah. Somebody's going to want the fame or the notoriety. Now everybody knows who Mike, Mike Fierce is. Yeah. And it's... So, obviously, we've all seen. But, like, it's real. Like, from my sources, I know people very close to that 2017 team. Yeah. Like, it's real. The thing is, like, today it came out, there was... um an article for ESPN Jeff uh, Passan had yep. uh, where he said like they're close to a decision on it. And that's what we've been waiting for. Waiting eagerly and eagerly. Been, yeah. And like we're about two weeks away from a decision and the penalty is going to come down and you know, everyone's excited. But then I read more about it and they're saying front office coaching staff, no players are going to face penalties. Kind of had to see that coming. For me, it's about A.J. Hinch and his smug face. I cannot stand that guy. The way that he sits up there with just that arrogant, condescending smile. I, I want to see him get 162. I want to see him miss the whole season. But you think back to those playoffs. Like, how are they on these 100-mile-an-hour Severino fastballs? How are they on these Tanaka splitters as well as they were? Like, they were on everything. And it was just so hard to get them out. They fouled off so many tough pitches. And now it's so obvious why they were able to beat us. They've really been the only team that's been able to kind of consistently beat us, you know, regular season yeah. and postseason. I mean, they've eliminated us three of the last uh, five right, years. 15, 17, and nine. I mean, it's obvious why now. And then they also, like, I remember, like, Jeter's, uh, when they retired Jeter's jersey. Yep, Sunday night game. Yeah. I was there. And it was just like, this is, like, we, oh, we they don't blew, stand They lit Tanaka up that like, night. Yeah, that like, we, yeah. anytime we faced them, it had been, like, Shit, like these guys are really tough. Yeah. And now, you know, we're learning more about it. I do I have an issue with the players not being suspended. I think there are I could see for like the guys who flipped being like, ah, you got you're getting five games, like something small. Yeah. But there's gotta be a penalty. And I get it for like the teams that traded for them, like, hey, we didn't know, but like eh, life stinks sometimes. Yeah, right. But if you're going to tell me that, like, Carlos Correa and Alex Bregman, guys who are leaders on this team, who are saying, like, but we were a brotherhood, you know, essentially saying, like, I can't believe this guy flipped. Yeah, yeah, it's so obvious. And you're going to get no penalty. 
Well, then why not just do it if some old white guy who's, you know, sitting at the end of the dugout is going to get in trouble for it? That's true. I do think, you know, on a higher level, they will lose, whether it's bonus money, draft picks, or whatever. The thing, the problem with... That takes pick- so long to be an impact. I know, but with the players, how do you determine... Who- you got to find out who's the guy that, like... How do you determine whose idea it was? They rat you- on each other. Uh, snitches. They're not, snitches. But snitches. Bregman ain't going to tell on Correa. They're still team... I mean... So let everyone tell on them. Yeah, no, nah, trust me. I'd love to see Jose Altuve miss the entire season. But it's obviously not going to happen. The thing that really irks me is, first of all, regardless of this, Judge should have won the 2017 MVP. Whether you're a nerd or whether you're just an eye test guy, he had a much better season than Jose Altuve. Now it comes out that Altuve knew what was coming. And if you remember that 2017 ALCS, Joe Buck was just gargling on Altuve's nuts. He's magnificent and, you know, talking about how short he is and how great he is. And now, and And you felt that. You were like, me too. Yeah, I was was annoyed, man. (laughs) You know, and, uh, and now it's, it's obvious why they were able to do so well. And I'm excited to see you know, how great is Altuve when he doesn't know what, what's coming. I am, I am kind of excited to see if they come back down to earth a little bit. What do you, so give me, what do you think like, penalties could be? Uh, well, I, think, I think 162 for Hinch is a real possibility. All of, the bo- all of the bonus money for the next five years and maybe lose your first round pick and second round pick for the next five years. Is that? So what do you think of that? I, I agree. Like Hinch, I think Hinch gets a year. Yeah. I think there's a chance Cora gets a year. Ah, uh, right. When the whole and that's a whole other layer to it is Cora with them in 17, and then Cora in 18. Yes. They're getting caught too. I think if if there's evidence of 17 and 18, because like 17, we all know is real. Yep. If there's 18s real, I think you have to ban Cora from baseball for life. That's another, I think it's a lifetime that's another ban. smug. I think that's I think that's a lifetime ban. Yeah. And that's not even me being a dick. I think that's a lifetime ban thing. Like if Pete Rose is banned for life. That's banned for life. Um, an interesting thing with the players not being suspended that I was kind of banking on is because apparently Beltron played a big role in this. Yes. So he was a player, but now he's a manager. So I guess he wouldn't be. And I just think it'd be funny if like the Mets hired a manager who then was out for a year. Oh, that'd be so classic. The interesting thing about Beltron, uh, after the Yankees swept the London series and they hit the piss out of the ball, I know you were there. They scored what 50 runs in two yeah. games or whatever. And Cora made kind of a sly comment after the game and said, you know, the Yankees have kind of gotten better at identifying certain things with, with Carlos Beltran over there. He's really smart. That was like, now you look back at these allegations, you're like, huh, Cora mentioned something about Beltran. Cora, Beltran, 2017 Astros. So, you know, at the time I was like, oh, that's a weird comment. Now I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. Beltran is clearly involved heavily. I think it's like, it's become very much the whole idea of like the Yogi Berra quote. It's like 90% physical. The other half's mental because like that 10% of like mental of like just studying pitchers and tendencies. And I wonder how many guys are going to spend like too much time looking for tip pitching instead of like doing the work. I think they're all obsessed with it. Looking, looking for a tell. I mean, but you do hear these stories. Paxton was tipping. Sevy was tipping. I mean, you hear, and you have to kind of wonder, were well, they actually tipping or were they just getting lit up? Well, you can see, like, Paxton. Like, you see pitchers even in that, um, like, in that uh, the game five for the Rays. Yeah. Like, there you go. Like, you could see he's holding it at different levels, and it's like, maybe you get that for an inning, you jump all over that. That totally makes sense. But, like, the way the Astros were trying to spin it, it was like, no, we're just spending a lot of time, like, really analyzing. It was like, what are you? No, you're not. Get out of here. Not that Fucking good. Fucking hidden trash cans. And you saw how many times, how many times did Gary 
call time to switch up the signs. They literally put that rule into place. If you remember, after the 17th season is when they decided to limit the catcher coming out. Yeah, this game's Because Gary in the 2017 ALCS had to change the signs, you know, almost every batter because they were so paranoid about it. And you heard Joe Girardi get interviewed at the winter meetings, basically saying they were really paranoid about it. Everybody kind of knew that the Astros were doing this, so it's nice to see it all come to light. And now we're just waiting for the hammer to drop. I think there there might be some people who because if you look at like the Braves and they their GM got banned for life for just like bundling bonus money, and you have the guy from the Cardinals um, who was a scouting director and he hacked into the Astros system and he got banned for life. Like, I think one sixty two makes sense for Hinch. But like you, you, your guys cheated for a season. Like the integrity of the game, when you also factor in gambling, because gambling has become so prevalent in like just sports society now, and the leagues are going towards it and all of that. Like taking that away, because all the the teams want to cut. They're thinking about ways to put in. Like even I know in the NBA and some maybe the NHL too. Like they have like in arena betting and things like that that you're just not like it's setting you back if people can't trust the game i mean we it was forever ago but you know 1919 like that set the game back yeah um because you know people aren't playing fair and it's kind of the same thing so part of me is like if hinch knew about this let it go on for a season he's their leader you gotta throw him out of the game for life like you have to make an example because if this is just a guy who makes $2 million a year as a manager who's a 1,000 years old and probably never has to work again anyway has to sit out for a year. And maybe Alex Cora has to sit out for a year and a couple front office guys and you find them, a, you know, $5 million, which is dropping the bucket. You know, like find them $100 million. Yeah, like, the money's not, the money that they're, like, the money's going to be nothing. It's going to be nothing. Yeah. And now you're talking about like, so now you're going to take away, you know, in, in your scenario, bonus money, like international money for, you know, however long five years so they can't sign uh, prospects like yes that does set you back and like a first round draft pick but i think for what they did like it has to be crippling now you can't take the world series back it's just like that's not a that thing. wouldn't satisfy us yeah. anyway it's not a thing you know whatever the college team i don't pay enough attention to college basketball but like louisville still won that championship like we all know who won um i i do i think it has to be crippling if it's not I think we're all going to just say it's a joke. And then the league's a joke. And I think it's right back to where they were during the whole steroids thing, where it was like, we're cracking down on steroids, but really just cracked down on A-Rod. A-Rod was the only one. So, okay, so you're Manfred. You're not a, you're not a Yankee fan. You're just unbiased Manfred. How many games are you giving Altuve, Correa, Springer, all those guys? Half a season. 81. Yeah. I think depending on – yeah, I think you have to play half a season essentially with like a triple-A team. I think for guys who were traded to other teams, if they gave information, it could be 20 games to start the season. And yeah, like it hurts other teams and it hurts the game to a certain extent. But you are, you know, you're, you're taking a step back to take five steps forward versus, you know, they're, ta- you know, they're, they think they're doing something that's like, hell, we're taking a step back. But really, you're taking three steps back because no one trusts it. The rest of the league is upset. 
you mentioned the you know hurting the game. Think about the guys that might have got sent down because they let up a three run homer to Carlos Correa when he knew a changeup was coming. Guys get sent down to the minors, never make it back up again. You start talking about people's livelihoods, guys' families. It affects everybody. If the, so, here's the thing I could see is after the penalties come out and whatever it is, and no players are penalized, I could see a class action lawsuit. Because that's if you're a lawyer, like that's such a good like thing. Like I remember, I got, I think I got like three dollars and like a four pack of Red Bull because like they didn't give me wings. There was like a thing online. I was in my twenties and it's like sign up and I'll you're fill like, out. Part of, yeah, 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 yeah. You're part of this class action lawsuit. We'll send you three bucks and a four pack of Red Bull. It's not going to give you wings anymore. Um, but like the lawyers for that, like it's a hundred million dollar lawsuit. They the lawyers get their you know. 30% fear, whatever. Now they just made $30 million and then 70 million people each get a dollar, you know? So I could see someone being like, like going through kind of the, along the same lines of the people who are looking out for minor leaguers and trying to get them paid. And you go through and you find these guys who like clearly were impacted by it. And if you can get a bunch of them together and then you sue major league baseball, cause you say loss of wages, da da da. And what did you do as a result? You didn't do anything to the people who you know did it, and now you look to now the league maybe settles. And they might be looking for compensation. The other thing is nobody's talked about this. What happens if the ask what happens if they appeal? This could this could go years. I mean, delaying and, and drawing these things out. I don't think, you know, they get punished on on Monday and this ends Tuesday. I think this could be a long and messy drawn out process for sure. I think that's why maybe they're not going after players. Because players will appeal it. The players' union is, you I know, would be up their when asses. When you're dealing with the managers and GMs and stuff like that, similar to like Herman's situation, where it's like, listen, hey, here's what it's going to be. Let's make sure, like, are you, uh, if you're going to appeal this, just so you know, we're going to go, it's 162. You know, like, we're, we'll just double it. You know, you're going to try to appeal it and we're going to make you look terrible. There's certain points where it's like, this is what we're giving you. You just take it. Don't make this ugly. We can make it a lot worse for Major League Baseball. Knowing how stubborn and smug the Astros are, I just don't. I don't see them going down easy. Just the way, same way they play, you know, real baseball. I don't see them going down easy legally. I, I wish. I hope they all get suspended forever. But I just, I don't know. Kill them, burn them all. Death penalty. Um. Don Larson died. Yeah. Rest in peace, man. Yeah. I mean, losing pitcher. First career, yeah. But you read that article. He got lit up in game two. Of the 56 World Series. So, we, he, you know, perfect game was game five. He goes out and parties with Mickey Mantle and Billy Martin and all those guys um, the night before game five thinking he was done. And then, they, you know, he finds the ball, the baseball in his cleats, meaning, you know, you're getting the ball today, goes out and, and spins a perfect game. That is the most 50s Yankees story. It's also David Wells. Right, right. Like, it's the perfect, you know. Are you – I'm not – I think, like, no hitters and perfect games are overrated. Like, it's a flash in the pan. Like, Don Larson, he, the, that one game, like, shaped his persona for Yankee fans. Because we love when they wheel an old man out. Yeah, and he's not an old-timer's day without that yeah. game. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he might be like the Homer Bush. The right. Homer Bush. But you, me and you, I probably don't know who he is. No, I, not at I all. I sure as hell know who he is now. Yeah. And so, like, rest in peace, obviously. I'm not, like, talking ill of the dead or whatever. But it's a thing that I didn't even realize that, like, he really wasn't that good. Aside from that, because it's just like, oh, Don Larson. I'm a David Cohn guy. I'm a David Wells guy. Like, he's in there with them. And it's just like, oh, no, it turns out you're actually not that good at baseball. 
I figured he was like close to a Whitey Ford level. I'd never looked at his stats. Yeah. I'm like, oh, this guy must have been a stud. He pitched a pitched a perfect game in the World Series in '56, the pinnacle of the '50s. I know his Yankee name. Dynasty, and right? Like, I know your name. You must have been great. And then he's, you know, he's he's under 500. It, it's a weird situation. I'm really happy. You know, Yogi made it to 90. He made it to 90. These these Yankees, they got good genes, man. They live a long time. We probably they're probably just dipping into whatever A Rod left. Oh right yeah. Oh stadium. my God. Absolutely. Rich people, that's my, my thing I was telling my wife. I'm just trying to make enough money to be able to just, like, do steroids, like, healthy. Like, Joe Rogan does, you know, like, like give me testosterone, HGH. Like, I'm not trying to be a pro athlete. Just to be a regular, like, cool guy. If you have enough money and you can do it safely, like, you know, how A-Rod was like, oh, I didn't really know exactly what I was taking. He knew to the millimeter everything that he was putting in his body. I mean, he's a psycho. We love him, yeah. but he's a psycho. And I think if you do it safely, it, it, it's probably okay. Um, those guys, you know, when you're that rich, you can talk to any doctor you want about it. I mean, you're, you're, you're pretty okay. So, I mean, I think for like, in terms of recent Yankee stuff, that's all the stuff I kind of wanted to cover. I want to, I want to learn a little bit more about you. Okay. Anything else that you wanted to talk about? Garrett Cole's a Yankee, man. That's, that's all you I'll care about. You're about. like me. Like that's that's all, all you want. Yeah. People like, are like, yo, well, good morning. I'm like Garrett Cole's a Yankee. Yeah. Let's say, it, do you think Garrett Cole is gonna be like a Gary Sanchez too? Like no matter what happens, like he goes out there and he shits the bed, which I don't think he will. Like you're just like no fuck. Like I think it's a good contract. I think like this was the only decision to make was to, if we don't sign him, like we just. And not that, like, really looks matter that much when you're running the Yankees, but, like, it's just a bad look. This guy, the best free agent pitcher of all time, who grew up as a Yankee fan, and you've got that fucking picture of him in Arizona hanging over the... You don't get him. Like, you look like an asshole. Definitely, and it it helps me sleep better at night because I'm one of those guys that's like, you know what, I'm fine paying $20 for a Goose Island tall boy paying the ridiculous prices that we do at Yankee Stadium all the time because I know that the team is going to do everything in their power to try and win us a World Series. And this was the move to make. I know nine years is ridiculous. I know he's not going to be good probably when he's when he's 39. But this was the move to make. They're right in the middle of a championship window. And you think about all the guys they passed on recently. It just felt so good to just get our guy. Like, I'm still glowing from it. I'm still smiling about it. You really awesome. are like ear to you kind of look like the Joker right now. Like you've got that like just big ear to ear. I've grin. been counting down the days till he takes the mound at, at Camden Yards. But we haven't had that guy really since Prime Cece. A guy like that. If we drive down the opening day together, yeah, because I'll drive. You can't get so drunk that you pass out on the way home. Yeah, don't that, make me that, drive. That adrenaline's gonna be yeah. It's don't make me drive home with you snoring. Yeah, sleeping. Right. Well, it's a day game. I don't think that stops you. <laughs> Camden Yards will be in pickles at like 11 a.m. Right. Yeah, it's true. It's going to be a long day. Who's going to? Someone's got to watch my kid that day. Be a great day. And I'm excited for it. You go to opening day at Yankee Stadium. Like, do you go to the home opener? So I usually just do the home opener. I uh, but if they open up since they're opening up in Camden Yards and since it's going to be Cole's first start, I'm going to do that one instead. But I always go to. I always try to go to one of them. I think I'm going to do both. Because that's a week later, right? It's a, the following yeah. Thursday. I kind of like it being on a Thursday because whenever you go back to work hungover on a Friday, it's like, yeah, it's not that bad. I get to work from home, so that's nice. always nice. I also, I have 14 more weeks of paternity leave. <sighs> Lucky you. So at by about that time, I may be back on paternity leave. If not, I'm in San Francisco for work that the week. So like, I'll go to opening day in okay. Camden Yards. Yep. 
I have a wedding at the Bronx Zoo that Saturday. At the zoo? A black tie wedding <laughs> at the zoo. I lead a weird life. And then I would have to then on that Monday fly to San Francisco. And I'm supposed to fly home on Thursday, the day of the home opener. But I'm get, I would get on a red eye. Well, yeah, because the time change, you'd have to. Come back and go right to the game. And yeah. then just like die after. Take, I mean, the, the home opener take, is going to be sick. Because like, you get the day, if you fly on a red eye like most jobs. I mean, you fly for work, too. Mm. Like, you know, you get the day off. Yep. So it's just like, I'll just be at the stadium, like, just slamming coffees. Yeah, you'll be half you'll, you'll be half dead, but you'll be there. It's important to me that my daughter is at the first opening day. She's alive. Mm, very for. fair. Very fair. I got to get that certificate. Yeah. Like, hanging in oh, house. right. They give, they give those out. Yeah, I guess. I've seen people with it. I don't know where to get my it. My first Yankee whatever. game. Yeah, that, w- that would be nice. Yeah, you, if the first game's at home, I always go. Um, I kind of like that they're opening up at Camden. It's, it's, I mean, it's easier for us being guys that live in Philly. It's way easier to get to Camden Yards than in the. I used to drive from New York, so like this is this is nothing. It's a breeze. I go because um, we didn't have one that worked for me this year. Oh no, we did early in the season, and then yeah, it's like an hour and a half. It's nothing. You can yeah, you fly down there. It's half the price. I mean, if you can bring anything in there, it's just a totally different environment. It almost feels like not trying to bag on them. It feels like a minor league kind of atmosphere. I mean, they put the minor league product on the field. That's true. And everybody's, but everybody's friendly. You know, you get those sausages outside, you bring them in. The beers are $7 instead of 18. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. We're, uh, we're also down there Labor Day weekend. Yes. So I already, I have a hotel for that Saturday. Oh man, that'll be great. I think we're going to try to get a Bronx pinch. Like we're going to try to get a group, see if like people want to go. But I, uh, I kind of like bullied Andrew into like, yo, just book it now. We got to do something for opening day. Some sort of, sort of event i mean it's good it's historic it's cole's first start yeah but i mean there that's like the only day the season matters to them down there so right it will be sold out that'll be the probably their only sellout will be yankees opening day yeah pretty much um Um, everyone wants to see cole so we're gonna move on to the lightning ish round okay did you listen to last week with i did i did as i explained it so first of all follow nick kirby on twitter uh, so I can bully him into tweeting more because I don't think he tweets enough. Nick, what's your handle? At nkirbyNYY. nkirbyNYY. Follow him. Follow the show at George's Box Pod, Twitter, Instagram. Subscribe. Give us five stars. All that fun stuff. If you see the uh, us tweeting out like the show, like just retweet it or like tell a friend. We're back. You like it. Otherwise, you wouldn't be hearing me right now. So the lightning-ish round. I ask you questions, you answer them. If I'm not really that interested in your answer, I just keep it moving. All right. And you should take personal offense to it. I will. What is, who's your Mount Rushmore of like Yankees that you've seen? Like, obviously, Joe DiMaggio is great and all that stuff, but you know, who trusts Italians? Um, Who do you, uh, who's your, you know, Mount Rushmore Yankees? So I'm going to go two from when I was a kid and two from now. So the two from when I was a kid, I'm going to be a little bit of a basic bitch and go Jeter and Mo. Just be, you know, self-explanatory. Okay. Anybody that's listening to that, don't really have to explain it. And then from this current era, it's Glaber Torres and Gary Sanchez. So aside from like them being good, like, do you have like an emotional connection? And I'd also like to correct mine. Okay. I got caught up in Andrew, like going with the nostalgia last year. And I put Tino Martinez on mine because I like, like him. It's A-Rod. I right after I was done, I was like, I should just record another thing at the end. Like, I'm the biggest A Rod guy. I fucking love A Rod. So obviously Jeter. I mean, like you. I mean, you grew up Jeter. Grew up with Jeter and Mo. Yeah. Like I was in sixth grade when Jeter like became a thing. So that's like I'm really like learning baseball. Like 
I felt like we were growing up together, except he was plowing Mariah Carey. And I was just like... Different lives, yeah. Yeah, like I remember like, you're banging Mariah Carey. I don't even know how to jerk off to completion, you know? Um, Mo, I mean, I get like Mo's good, but like he's very... I mean, yeah, there's just the emotional. Like, just that, that feeling, that, that safe feeling when he's coming into the game. Like, you know, I know you've talked about no matter what's going on in, in my life, I know the Yankees are trying to win a World Series every year. For me, it was no matter what's going on, whether I'm... You know, in elementary school, middle school, high school, whatever's going on in my life, like most coming in and the game's over. And just that that layer of security was just very comforting. Are you like gonna come out like when you get married, is your entrance thing gonna be like enter Sandman? Enter Sandman, that'd be pretty sweet, yeah. That'd be sick. I wouldn't hate that. Um and then Gary, I mean you just you're is it like did you kind of back yourself into that as just such a Gary defender? He was the first. I mean, look, he came up before Judge. He was kind of. And I don't count Greg Bird. He was the first guy to kind of re-energize us. No one counts Greg Bird. No. In 2016, like the first half sucked, and we had nothing to look forward to. And this guy comes up and hits 20 bombs in five weeks, or whatever the hell it was. Also, his swing, I think, is gorgeous. And then, I mean, Glaber Torres. How can you not? How can you not love Glaber Torres? I, for so long, I thought I was like Gary Sanchez doesn't exist. Because you heard about him since he's 16. Well, they signed him when he was 16, yeah, no, And he was like, this guy isn't fucking real. And Glaber, yeah, it's just like, we got him. What's nice about Glaber is he's, we signed him, like we traded for him, and then he was up quick. And he was up faster than we expected, but like, we got to see it right away. Are you jealous that I have a signed Gary Sanchez jersey on the wall? Very, very much so. Although it does have a name on the back, and I know you're a big, uh, all right, what's I the reasoning? Never, I would never wear that. Okay. Uh, the MLB Players Association reached out to me after the 2017 season to like thank me for like my support. It was as I was leaving Barstool, and they were like, "You can pick from." I, I'd have to pull up the email, but like you can pick from like this group of players, and we'd love to send you a signed jersey. And I picked Gary. Good decision. And they sent me a Gary jersey, and so now it's framed up on the wall. Great decision on your part. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's And it's one of those things where it's like, I mean, I'm never going to sell it or anything. But like, ah, it's cool. It pulls the room together. I have a big house. It's a nice it's a nice man cave for sure. And I have that same farewell captain uh, Jeter thing with the two the two pieces of dirt there. Yeah, my in-laws, they just buy me um, just Yankee stuff for everything. Everybody gives me, people are like, why do you have so much Yankee stuff on your wall? Like, you know, my room looks like I'm 12. That's, that's the only gifts I get. Frame Judge this, Frame Jeter this, 09 World Series, whatever. For Christmas, my in-laws got me a like a half zip, like Yankee pullover. Ooh, they got me the same one the year before. Except <laughs> they just it, forgot. Except this one, they got a size smaller that doesn't fit. So it's like take a hint, Jack. Going in the wrong direction. Yeah, take a hint. Um, all right. What is your favorite Yankee memory, both at the stadium, like that you were there for, and that you like, you know, just in general. On TV, it was definitely A-Rod hitting the double off of Brad Lidge, uh, game four of 09. Just, you know, he, he strolls into second base, and it's like, I don't even remember who was pitching game five. And I was like, we're winning this game. Moe's coming in, and Andy's going to bring it home in game six. So that's watching on TV. And then live was definitely the DD three-run homer in the 17 wildcard game just because of the string of emotions. I was emotions. there, too. Yeah. There was, we were all the same game. Yeah. Man. Oh, you got to be there when you got to be there. So, yeah. Definitely yeah, that was time. electric. I talked about this last week. Like, I was just – I started eating chip witches when that happened. Um, old stadium versus new stadium. 
So I'm going to throw everybody's like, a, I feel like everybody's a hardo with the old stadium here. I'm going to take the new Let's stadium. Oh, I'm taking the new stadium because technology, my, it's better. My memories of the old stadium was I would go to one game a year with my dad day game and it was the best day of the year, but, but it was one game of the year. This is the stadium that I come back to and back to and, and have, you know, drank here and gone to the bars around here. And I know my way around the stadium and I, I bring people to the stadium for the first time and, and go with them. And I just have been to way more playoff games here and have more memories here. And I also like that you can move around, that you're not, you know, being like herded cattle walking out of there. I mean, that old place, it was, it was cool and it was special, but it was not easy to do anything once you got inside. The one thing, cause you mentioned bringing people, do you bring a lot of people to like their first game or have you like, yeah. Like life? if people are like, you know, like I've never seen Yankee stadium, you know, I'd like to go to a game. You know, I'm always like, yeah, I'm down. Like, when do you want to go? Was, so your girlfriend, Jamie, yes. you guys have been dating for a while. Yeah. I love Jamie. Um, are, were you like her first Yankee trip? Yes. I t first game we went to was a Friday night, September of 2017 and the Yankees crushed the Orioles. It was awesome. So here's the one thing that I miss about the old stadium is when you bring people for the first time, when you would walk, cause you'd go in the stadium and it's all dark and then you'd come out. Like we don't have, cause it's so open air. Yeah. That's the one thing that I wish there was even like one entrance way or like if you come in from like center field and you come up the stairs, if there wasn't like just like sausage vendors right there and then you could see like, that'd be cool. There's just not that big, like, Oh my God. There's my the grand. Is, hall, I like the upper deck at the old stadium. Cause it kind of hung over the field and it was a little bit more intimidating. I don't like how the 400 level, you know how it kind of goes back yeah. as you go up. That's the only thing I don't like, but people are like, Oh, you know, it's like a library. It's corporate. Go to a playoff game there. Yeah, I don't like the upper deck at any yeah, stadium right. ever. So, yeah, I, it's totally different bringing when you're a psycho like you are or like I am. It's different getting like getting to bring some of their first games. Awesome. Now, at least like for me from doing the Barcelona stuff, like it's a different experience when I get to bring someone for their first game. Like I brought my buddy, my best friend lives in London and he, he moved to London. He's from Sleepy Hollow. Like he's from New York. And he met a girl from France and they came over. Uh, and I was like, yeah, let me bring you guys to a Yankee game. And I had like uh, fourth row seats and champions for free. And so I brought them and she was just like, I have in front, you know, French. Accent, I have no idea what's going on. This is actually more of a Spanish accent. She's like, but I know this is good, you know, and like I can get like, you know, someone from the ticket office brings over like, here's a shirt for your first game and all that stuff. So it's totally different, but it's like, it's very cool regardless to bring anyone to a game for the first time. And that's, I think, one of the cool things about Bronx Pinstripes is we create an atmosphere where if you're going to bring someone for the first time, like we're a good group to go with. You know, like if you start dating someone and you're like, yeah, I'm a big Yankee fan and you're trying to like, you can go with your boys and like one of them is going to be a drunken dickhead. And like someone may be a drunken dickhead at our events. I may be. I think one of them I was just yelling who's got a jewel. But it's going to be like a good time and i remember for the playoffs like dave who runs the philly account philly, yeah, yeah yeah he brought his dad like he got to bring his dad yeah, to the playoff yeah. game and now like you have tickets like you get to bring your dad like that's a big thing i brought my dad to his only game he's been in the new stadium and it was when a-rod tied the grand slam like record oh, and we we're up man. in a suite oh. and it was like two days before i got married like you know you get to you get to do that and i'm Talking about Dave and the Philly BP crew, because we had a question come in from John, who's part of the Philly BP crew. What do you, like, 
we've started these like chapters all over the country, which I think is awesome because it gives like people a place. Like me and you text all the time about like, yo, where are you watching the game? You know, because there's nowhere to really watch the game. In Philly, there's no Yankee bar. No, no. There's no place. Been looking, been looking for 27 years. Yeah, there's no place that's just like, yeah, no, we have that on. Um, And you're going to run into other people who like it. So how has, as someone who goes to, like, you go to pretty much all the events. I go to pretty much all the events. I have two dogs, as you can hear. Jesus Christ. Um, What has the Philly BP crew and like that idea in general, like how's that transformed the way you watch games? So a lot of times I have to make the choice. Do I want to be social and go to a bar and watch whatever stupid college game or Penn State game or Eagles game is on? Or do I want to stay at home and watch the Yankees? And all my friends and everybody will attest that I'll stay home and watch the Yankees. And now I kind of have that ability to go out, to be social, to watch the Yankees and to be around, you know, other psychos. You keep calling us psychos and, and it's absolutely true. So it is a chance to socialize and meet people that I would never have met or talked to, you know, it's like an internet meetup. I would have never met any of these people. And now I have friends in it. So it's really awesome. It's kind of funny. Like to a certain extent, I mean, I have a wife and a kid and two dogs, so I can't just go wherever I want to go. But part of me, like I see some of the pictures of these chapters and I'm like, I want to fly there to watch a game. And it's like, well, wait, why won't I just fly to wherever the Yankees are playing? But it's like, ah, it looks like a fun group of people, like really getting it in. Um, and knowing that there's people like us, you know, 20, we had 25 people at Fieldhouse the one night to know that there's that many people that care enough to get off their asses and come out to the bar to watch. It's pretty cool. I think it just picks up steam. I think it continues to because we started to get like friend of a friend. I remember because we got like 13 people for the first event and not really we because it's Tom and Dave. Like those are the guys who do it in Philly. Uh, and they got like a good turnout the first one. And I was like, all right, your next turnout's going to be less. And you just have to, and they're like, what do you mean? Like we, I was like, it's going to be less and you just have to accept that. And then it'll go back up, but you just have to eat that. And there were ones where it's like, ah, there's like six of us, but it was six psychos. It varies. And it depends on the game too, obviously. When you go to a game, what's your favorite pregame spot? Billy's man. Hands down. You're a Billy's guy. Hands down. They're bumping Drake. They're bumping big Sean. I'm getting in the zone. I'm a big rap guy. I just love the atmosphere. Where, when you go with your dad, do you go to Billy's? We've done Billy's and we have also done um, the dugout as well. It's kind of, if Billy's is super, super jammed, like before a playoff game, we might do um, the dugout, but my dad can handle himself pretty well. So like I drove you up for game one. But we, you were going with your dad. Yeah, Billy's was way too mobbed. And we were in day. Billy's, yeah. And then you just disappeared. And yeah. you're like, didn't you come with Nick Kirby? I was like, I don't know where he was. Irish, dude, once I get up there, I'm, I'm just so locked in. Yeah, and, I was like, I don't know what this guy's doing. So we did the dugout. Yeah, Friday night playoff game. But, you know, Billy's isn't usually as jammed for like a regular season game. So Billy's definitely be be my favorite. I'm not a not really a stands guy at all. It's too small, I'm I just think. Not, yeah, it's just... Like sometimes the music's good, you know, if they're not, if you want to listen to like Billy Joel and stuff, yeah. but like, it's mostly just firefighters, like dick to ass getting ready to fight each other. Just civil servants with a hero complex. It's a little much. Yeah. Um, where do you stand on names on jerseys? Absolutely not. Anything the Yankees do, I, I want to do. So the Yankees don't have names on the back of their jerseys. I don't, I don't want to wear one. I also don't understand why the league even makes them since they don't exist in real life. I did just see, like, the Scranton Rail Riders were like, we're doing, you know, like, end of season, whatever. They, they've got to clean out because I guess they probably, at a certain point, they, you probably can't sell the old jerseys. You've got to sell the Nike ones. And so they were doing, like, buy one, get one. But all the jerseys have the names on the back. I'm like, what are you guys doing? Yeah, I don't know why they even make them. You know, you deserve this. They're not real. 
Uh, jerseys, though, I'm cool with. Jerseys, yeah. Jerseys, I have no problem with. Yeah. Because that's like, if you're making an event, it's just so dumb to buy the, the jerseys. Um, okay. I did this last week with Andrew. You're, and I know because you're a music guy. Like, you listen to music, you're excited. The Yankees need you to take an at bat. No specific situation. Assume it's not like game on the line because why would they put you up in that situation? But like you're getting an at bat with the New York Yankees in Yankee Stadium. What music are we hearing? Public service announcement, Jay Z. Okay. Black album. Yeah. Absolutely. Why? That just gets you going. Just that down, down, down. There's just something that gets the juices flowing there. And it's, you know, allow me to reintroduce myself. Got to introduce yourself to the crowd. So. All right. I like it. Andrew's What's yours? just so bad. So I would probably, I said like last week, I was like, I'd probably go like Uchiwali. It's like very New York. Uh, I would also, I said if it was like a Tuesday night though, where it's just like all like, you know, Wall Street, like no one wanted to use these tickets here, you take it. I would probably just go like two princes because it would just play to the very white crowd. It, it really does fun. depend on the day yeah. with the crowd, doesn't it? Like I, I don't like the when people do like uh you know like baby shark like whatever's like uh, the trendy so, thing. So but like, weird. what if I just walked up there to Umbop? Like that's like that still goes. A little, little nostalgia. Yeah. Or I'm gonna try to have like a different one every week. Another one that I would slam that I know the crowd would go nuts is Ja Rule, J Lo, Amriel. I think you're safe with any New York rapper. Yeah, that's right. Ja well, you know, that's why I said Jay Z. Like A Rod used to have Jay Z. Derek had Fifty Cent for a while. Like I think any New York area rapper. CC always had Biggie, Big Papa when he came out to the man. You're always safe if you pick a New York rapper. So, I agree. I I mean that's why I'm playing it safe. Yeah. Um, you got anything else for the people? Uh, I think I think I'm good. I'm excited. Se- yeah, seventy nine days till March twenty sixth. Camden Yards. You are very much like a off the top of your head. Like you, like tomorrow you'll wake up and probably be like, ah, 78, 78 days. Yeah. yeah. You know, my friends joke that there's two, there's two Nick Kirby's. There's the in season, you know, wearing the hat all the time, planning my life around the, the games with the pep in my step. And then there's the off season where I'm just not as, I'm just not the same. When you were going, when we were driving up to game one, yeah, you said, <laughs> I oh, remember, man, what did I say? No, this wasn't even game one. This was in the ALCS. Ah, oh, game when we four. Were, when we were driving up. Yeah. You were just like, you know, you go to the beach during the summer, and like everyone's having fun, and I'm just listening to a radio. <laughs> yeah. And like, if they lose this, then like, what was that all for? And that was the point. I got to the stadium, and I think I saw Andrew and was just like, yo, Nick might kill himself. <laughs> Like, Nick might legitimately kill himself if they lose. I mean, you're laughing, but you think about all the time we put into this, like, you know, three hours a night, whatever, six days a week. The games are usually longer than three hours, and you're like, man, like, just did this for six months. You know, like, football, you show up on the couch on Sunday, you watch for a couple of hours, and it's over. Baseball is an everyday emotional grind. We're getting injury updates, score updates, and to just see it end, man, it, it does crush me. Like, the, the two weeks after we get eliminated, like, I don't want to talk to anybody. The thing that saved me this year because normally i am and my wife was like you're gonna be so fucking bad because like you're playing in this parade in your head and you're a psycho (laughs) is that and you know unless you knew me or like saw me like you didn't know was that i was having my daughter so as soon as the season ended it was like all right well now i got like you had something to be there were last things it wasn't even like obviously i was excited so before i say something stupid i was very excited but it was like i have these things i have to do 
you know, like I have to put together a pack and play, you know, like all the, the just dad prep shit that I had to do distracted me from like my depression and impending doom. I had no, yeah, I had no distraction. I was like, what I got, like, that's the worst is when you get home and like, there's no game at seven and you're like, what? What do pe- people watch Netflix? Like, do I go on the internet? Like, what do normal people do? I catch up on, this is like my wife's time. Like, if there's something she wants to watch, like, I'll watch it with her. Because she loses me come, you know, when I used to, I don't go to an office to work anymore. But I used to always, I'd work from home the first spring training game. So I could watch it. It's funny you say that. Me and Jamie definitely have that that sort of arrangement where during the season we kind of go by my schedule, which is you know the Yankee schedule, and then as soon as it ends, I'm like, whatever you want to do, you know, you want to go to the movies, you want to do this, like winter time, and you know that's her time, and then summertime is, is kind of my time. So I think that's the only way to, that you can make the, a kind of relationship work with one a guy like us. Yeah, no, I think 100. percent And then you, like Jamie enjoys, you know, I've seen, you know, I've met her at a couple, uh, like I've hung out with her at the events here. Yeah. But like at games, like she enjoys going. There's very much pressure early on in relationships for guys like us to make those first trips to the stadium fun. Oh my god, yeah. And the team's got to be good. Like if this, if we started dating in 2014 when they were 500, you know, there's no buzz. Luckily, you know, me and her, we met in 2017. Boom, start of start of the next, you know, this next little fun run we're having. So that was perfect timing. But yeah, I'm always kind of grateful that they won the first game that we went up to. We had a great time. Early on in my my relationship with my wife. So in college, we dated in college. She had a car. So that also kind of worked for like going to games. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I'd go on like Craigslist and like get tickets or whatever. <laughs> and we'd go up. You know, I get, you know, because I got no money. I'm in college. So it's like if I get two tickets for 20 bucks and we'll drive, like it'll be great. We'll go up. We'll come back. And I dragged her up. For the first start of the iconic Kayagawa. Oh my God. We sat in the bleachers. And you got married. We sat in the bleachers for Kayagawa's first start, and he shit the bed. I'm sure. And this is, I rarely admit this, and it's, it's the last time that I've actually ever done it. I left early. And A-Rod hit a walk-off grand slam. Oh, that, oh my God, 07. Wow, that was when he had a million home runs. Yeah, he, I think he had 56. I think it's the last time I left the game early. <sighs> wow, that, I would still have trouble falling asleep at night. if It's I tough. I to walk off I mean, grand slam. You're you're watching me tell that story. Yeah, it's tough yeah, for me to I, say. Yeah, I can see, yeah. Man, that it's, is brutal. Yeah. So, that's what we got for you this week. Nick, thank you so much for coming to my house. Dude, thanks for having me. Nice house. Great podcast. I had a lot of fun. Dude, it's a good time. We're going to have to do this again. Absolutely. Especially like in person. We got to start doing like videos of the drive up and all this stuff. Um, follow Nick on Twitter at NKirby, NYY. He should tweet more. I'll tell him all the time that he should do it. Read his articles. Uh, follow at George's Box Pod on Twitter, on Instagram. We're trying to get that Instagram up. Follow it, or I'll have to start posting topless pictures. Uh, also, we referenced Nick's uh, Nolan Arenado article, so we'll be tweeting that out from George's Box, so you can check that out as well. Next week on the show, this is going to be an interesting one. I am going to be joined by Karen Vinstra. Karen is a mother of two. She's married. like She's a grown-ass woman. Like Nick like dates his girlfriend. This is a grown ass woman who has like two kids, writes for the website, writes very funny stuff. Yeah, she's great. She's very good. 
and we are recording at a very special location that I will not disclose until you listen to the show. Um, I've never met her. I'm very curious to meet her. Uh, I'm excited for it. So tune in next week for that. Listen, tell a friend about this show. We're trying to get this shit back up off the ground. We're excited for spring training. And if you're coming to spring training, boy, do we have an announcement Woo! coming. It's going to be it's going to be a movie. All right, we'll see you at the parade. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com